You're listening to Jet Nation Radio, the official podcast of JetNation.com. The largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands of other diehard Jets fans. Now to get you up to date on all the latest Jets news, notes, and quotes, here are your hosts, Glenn Naughton, Dylan Terriman, and Alex Varallo. Good evening, Jets fans. I am Glenn Naughton. This is Jet Nation Radio. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Uh, tonight, it will be myself and Alex Varallo. Dylan is uh, is working tons and tons of hours right now and is in real life, so uh, he may be taking a few weeks away from the show. We're not 100% sure, but uh, we look forward to him returning once things settle down at work. Uh, it'll be myself and Alex tonight. We're going to discuss the, the breaking news on Marcus May which uh, just in the last hour or so has, has come to light. And we're going to go through the top 20 players on the roster, uh, my top 20, Alex's top 20. Um, I, I don't know about you, Alex. I did include rookies on my list. I feel like every year I change my mind on that. Um, you know, mm-hmm. these guys aren't proven, but at the same time, these are the guys who I think are the best players, uh, whether they're rookies or not. Um, I mean, this is, right. we are basically projecting or predicting, whatever you want to, however you want to put it. So, um, so, Alex, how are you doing, and uh, what are your thoughts? Marcus May, reportedly the Jets have not responded to the latest offer from May and his agent or the latest proposal in terms of what they are looking for. It is believed May is looking for top five money, and the Jets are not willing to meet that. They did not even respond to May's last request. Uh, how are you doing, and what are your thoughts on the Marcus May situation? I'm doing well, and I hope, you know, everybody's good on your side as well, Glenn. Glad to be back on the pod with you. Um, You know, it's funny how we always talk about this time of the year, you know, nothing really going on, not a lot of pressing news or topics, and, you know, just an hour or two before we decide to go live, you know, some Marcus May news comes out. So um, I know Dylan and I had kind of talked about this, you know, um, probably about a month ago, I would say, and – you know, we were kind of in the same um, thought pattern here to where, you know, we value Marcus May. We do think that he should get paid. I kind of feel like $10 million a year was definitely, a, you know, more than fair. Um, maybe the most that I would be willing to to be comfortable with is, is maybe around like the 11 to $12 million range. And I'm sure he's gone for significantly higher than that. Um, yeah, this is just one of those weird scenarios to where, if the Jets don't pony up and, and, and make the make the big deal now and then the Jets suffer, um, you know, with our secondary throughout this particular year, um, a lot will go back to, to today and how things went down between the front office and, and the Marcus May camp. Um, we know that his agent kind of went to Twitter um, back in March, I believe it was, when, when all the tags were going on and, and players were supposed to be getting big contracts, and, and he kind of voiced his opinion how the Jets were not doing right by him. Um, and it's just interesting now Ian Rappaport comes out with all this stuff. So, yeah, it's a little crazy. Um, here we are. wouldn't be, you know, a New York Jets offseason without some drama. Um, personally, I'd love to have Marcus May play for us here. Um, I just don't know where his mind's at and, and if he's willing to, to sacrifice, you know, not getting a paycheck this year because he feels that, you know, his 
his value is, is much higher than what the Jets are offering. Um, I think, you know, to wrap, wrap up my take on here, I think May should sign his franchise tag. I think he should prove to himself in the league that he is worthy of top five, uh, a top five contract, and then bank on this year, um, you know, setting up that, that mega contract for next year, whether it's with us or if he tests free agency next year. So um, I hope he signs his franchise tag, but I completely understand, um, you know, if this whole thing fizzles out because, um, you know, sometimes these things do happen. Yeah, I mentioned on the show uh, a couple times over the last month or so, and I, also, I tweeted out a couple times kind of pointing out the fact that um, this is a situation where immediately after the draft, Joe Douglas said the team is going to be working frantically or whatever, diligently, whatever term he used, he, uh, he made it sound as if, you know, this was going to be a tough priority for the Jets, that, you know, now that the draft is over, we can focus on Marcus May's contract, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I tweeted a few weeks ago, like, it, it's been 50 days, you know, that was back then, since the draft. Now, the Jets know exactly how much cap space they have. They know exactly what the market is for safety. The market is set. This isn't the beginning of free agency. And they know exactly what they think Marcus May is worth. And as players often do when they're coming up on free agency, um, any player who's anywhere from good to great will sort of try to reset the market and get paid in, in the top five. And I just I, I didn't think the Jets and Joe Douglas were going to put themselves in a position where they were going to fall for Marcus May. Who, listen, he does not play a premium position. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. He's probably got five or six good years left. Oh, he's old. He's old. Listen, he's older for a guy getting his first big deal. It's not like he's 35. All right, he's coming up on 30. He's probably still got five good years, six good years left in him. But he's not an elite player. And Joe Douglas, I think if Joe Douglas is going to overpay, it's going to be for premium game-changing players. Marcus May is a good player. Nobody's game-planning around him. Defensive coordinators aren't like, oh, man, how are we going to move the ball with Marcus May on the field? He's not that type of player. So my kind of my thought process all along has been the Jets will probably offer him $8 million at the low end, 10 at the max, and if he wants 12, 13, 14, he's not going to get it. So as I said a few weeks ago, it's either going to be Marcus May is going to have to settle for less than what he would like to get, or the Jets are going to let him walk. And it, that appears to be the case. And, again, he's not a player that the Jets will, you know, it's not, I don't see anyone looking back going, oh, man, we went on the Super Bowl, we would have uh, paid Marcus May. Um, it's, he's not that big of a game changer. Good guy. I like him. As you said, I'd love to have him around for, you know, $9 million a year. But I just don't think that's in the cards. Unless he changes his tune, I think he will be gone. Maybe you trade him in season if, they, you know, if the team's not playing well or if, you kind of, if the playoffs are unrealistic and the trade deadline's coming, maybe you make a deal. But I think Marcus May, this is his final year with the Jets. Everyone's saying, oh, well, not everyone, but people saying you can tag him after this year. No, that, that's, again, that will make him too expensive. So I don't see that happening after this exactly. season. I think, you trade him, I think you trade him or you let him walk, and you wish him well, good soldier, quality player on a bad team. Um, and I think that's where people are getting a little bit, oh, he's been so good for us. So he's been the best of a bad bunch. All right, the team hasn't been very good. He's been solid. And that's, that's just kind of where I feel. The market set, they know his value. They know what they're willing to pay, and they're clearly not willing to meet what he wants. Um, now, because we are short on time tonight, and I do apologize for the acoustics, I am not broadcasting uh, from my house, I am at a different location tonight, so uh, I'm not sure how the acoustics are in this room. 
So my apologies for that. Um, this will be me, Alex, and I are going to do the top 20 players on the roster. Um, and we're going to do it a little bit quick because that's, uh, that's 40 total names, and we have a little over 20 minutes to do it in. So um, that, that's not a ton of time to elaborate. And not, a lot of these guys don't require us to elaborate because uh, a lot of it speaks for itself. But uh, I'll, I'll kick things off, Alex. Um, and my list, starting at 20, uh, in my, by my own admission, I had to throw this together. Uh, even though we had planned plenty of time in advance, uh, I, I basically threw this one together a little while ago without, without digging too deep. But uh, for, for my 20, my uh, 20th guy in the roster, I'm going with a player who I've said that I think, I would, I think he's going to surprise some people, make this roster and get some significant playing time. I'm going to go with tight end Tyler Croft. I think the guy can block, uh, which everybody knows about. But if you go back and watch his, the, the season he played in Cincinnati when they actually gave him an opportunity to catch the football and make plays, he was a really good player. Uh, made some, some impressive acrobatic catches in the end zone, made some guys miss. And he's, he's just one of those guys you look at and say, never really gets an opportunity to show what he can do. But when he's had that opportunity, he's looked pretty damn good. So I think Croft is a guy who's flying under the radar, and I have him as my number 20. Who do you got, Alex, at your 20? Okay, um, so like you discussed, when uh, you and I were talking about with the rookies, uh, we do have a few rookies in the top 20 this year, kind of what happens when, when you're at the bottom of the barrel of the NFL. Um, your, your young prospects end up uh, having to be those players that you need to rely on. So for me, um, the 20th player I have here is uh, Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, you know, this is a guy that I hope ends up cracking the top five at some point or at least top ten as he uh, prolongs his career with the Jets. Um, I think that this is a, a very sol- solid foundation pick, and um, I think that when, when the, this year ends up wrapping up, um, I, I can foresee him, you know, being much higher on, on the rankings for this team. So Elijah Barrett Tucker starts it off for my 20th. Yeah, um, I, he is on my list. I've got him much higher, but I don't know if we took different approaches. I'm kind of looking at – the season as a whole, like taking into account how good he'll be late in the year. Um, you know, mm-hmm. today will obviously would be different. But uh, I've got uh, at my number 19, I've got – and this guy almost didn't make it. I bumped him in and out a couple times, but uh, I'm going to I'm gonna put him in there. Uh, Keelan Cole, free agent receiver out of Jackson, came over from Jacksonville. Um, this receiving core has obviously a ton of depth now, and I think this uh, – I think he's a guy who – it's going to get surpassed at some point by Denzel Mims. Um, I like Mims more than I like Cole, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. But I think that Keelan Cole is a guy who is going to be a, a nice weapon. And we, you know, I've talked. We talked a few times about the depth on this roster, and he's not a great player. But if you've got him as your five or six, you know, your fifth or sixth receiver, or even your fourth receiver, you're doing pretty darn good because he, he's a he's a pretty damn good player. All right, and for me, a um, little bit of a theme here. I put these guys on the back end of uh, the roster or the rankings, and I'm going with Elijah Moore. Um, this is another guy very similar to EVT. I, I expect him to be um, a centerpiece in, in this offense. Um, hopefully we get to see some flashes this year. I, I actually have a really, really good feeling about this kid, but I'll, I'll stay reserved early on and be pleasantly surprised later. So number 19, Elijah Moore, burning up the rookie charts and hopefully uh, 
in the conversation for, uh, you know, offensive rookie of the year for, for the, at least the wide receiver group? All right. My next guy up is, uh, is my first rookie on the list. Uh, at number 18, I'm going with Michael Carter of North Carolina. I think if this offensive line is as good as we expect it to be, then he's going to be a guy who gets some room to work with and is going to put up some big numbers. Right on. Okay, number 18 here. Um, I know <laughs> this might conflict with what you have going on here, but these guys have not had a snap of football yet, so that's why I couldn't put them any um, put them lower in my list. Um, going with our quarterback, Zach Wilson, um, hopefully our future number one player in our top 20. Um, when we do this again, maybe next, you know, hopefully next year. Um, yeah, I think Zach has all the tools, um, and hopefully the Jets have put together enough um, weapons and a supporting cast so that this kid can really thrive. Um, sky's the limit, um, super talented, and, uh, yeah, I hope he uh, proves me wrong and, and shatters my rankings for 2021. All right, and uh, I'm going with the guy here next to, as we've discussed at length, a lot of people have given up on. I have not. I still think Chris Herndon's a very talented football player. Um, I know, you know, I like enough what I've seen of him up close and in person as well as on game days. Yes, he was absolutely atrocious in the first half of last season. I think uh, he's got the talent to put it all together, and if he does, he'll give the Jets a nice, uh, him and Croft will give the Jets a nice one-two punch at tight end. Right on. Okay, so this one was, you know, a little odd here. You know, as we said, we kind of threw this thing together, and I could probably, you know, scrutinize the heck out of this thing. But in uh, coming in number 17, I have Vinny Curry. Um, kind of felt like, you know, is he going to be one of the top guys in this roster? Probably not. But what he's done in the past, um, you know, and, and showing, you know, flashes here and there of his, uh, younger days, uh, I don't feel like he's going to have any sort of record-breaking season career-wise, but I do feel that what he's going to bring to this locker room and to the defensive line is going to be huge. So Vinnie Curry, number 17, kind of a, a player coach for, for our younger guys in the trenches. All right, that brings us to 16, and I'm going to go again with another guy who I've talked about a fair bit this offseason, and I was surprised how many fans were, even when he was playing well last year, a lot of fans were like, this guy's a bum, he's, he's going to be gone after this season. I, I think Ty Johnson can play. I think Ty Johnson has tools. I think him and Carter can be a really nice one-two punch. Again, as I mentioned with Carter, if this O-line plays as well as we expect him to, I think Ty Johnson's really going to open some eyes uh, you know, good one-cut guy, fast enough to get to the outside, and just an explosive back who, you look at his numbers last year behind a future offensive line, he was pretty damn good. All these upgrades that Jets have made by adding Moses, by by adding AVT, if, you know, we're expecting um, McGovern to get better. This this could be a big year for Ty Johnson or Michael Carter. And I think if you look at how the, 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 the Niners ran their offense, and we talked about it, could get equal carries. You know, they could be one guy gets 200 and one guy gets 175, that type of thing. But uh, that's who I'm going with in that spot. Yeah, I like that. Um, and I, I really do hope that they have some sort of plan like that, too, to, to keep these guys, keep their legs fresh for the long term. Okay, so my number 16 is somebody that you already mentioned, Keelan Cole. Uh, I, I just think that this is just untapped potential here. This guy's barely scratching the surface. And uh, I think he plays himself plays well enough if he stays healthy this year to find himself getting a contract next year with the Jets. Hopefully, 
um, something, you know, two to three year deal similar to what we've done um, with other free agents, you know, the Joe Douglas special three years, you know, um, with, with a lot of uh, savings involved for us. So Keelan Cole, mark him up. I think he's going to end up replacing Jamison Crowder next year and, and being a solid guy in our wide receiver core. All right, for me, next up is the uh, the rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson. I, I honestly almost left him off the list. I couldn't decide, you know, even though he was the guy I wanted in the draft. Um, you know, that doesn't mean there aren't big question marks with him. The jump from, from BYU to the NFL, um, you know, how soon he's going to be ready to, to really take command of this offense. But in, in look, I'm looking at, you know, not just the skill set and not just how good I think he's going to be week one. Um, I'm looking at if he progresses the way I expect over the course of the season and shows the same traits that he showed in college, there's no reason I shouldn't leave, put him on a list of the top 20 guys on the roster. So he's my, he's my next guy. Okay, so that puts us on number 15, correct? Uh, yeah, he was my number 15. Okay, so coming in for me at number 15, um, one of our running backs, he is – uh, I believe probably the only veteran that we truly have, and that's Tevin Coleman. Um, you know, can't can't look at what he did last year because last year he was a little banged up and uh, didn't get to see the field too often. Um, but I think that what he's done collectively in a backup role, you know, dating back to Atlanta, um, I think that there's there's some good potential left within him. He's going to be a very good receiving back. I think he's got familiarity with this this offense being a part of Shanahan's system previously. So, uh, yeah, Tevin Coleman, I, I'm projecting him to, to possibly be the RB1 on this team um, and then potentially lose that um, and lose touches as the year progresses to Michael Carter. All right, and that brings us to number 14, I believe, and I'm going to go in this spot, uh, Jamison Crowder. You know, the Jets obviously uh, played a little hardball with him this offseason. They made him take a pay cut because they knew they had him in a spot where he had zero leverage. They had the depth. They waited until a point in the offseason when other teams didn't have a lot of cap space, so his options would be very limited if he were to move on. But this is still a guy who, you know, as I pointed out a couple weeks ago, when the targets are there, he is a very productive receiver. Um, look at him. Look at his first four weeks of the season last year. When, he's, when he gets seven-plus targets a game, he puts up, you know, anywhere from 65 to 100 yards a game. You can lock him in. But, you know, late in the year down the stretch, he, he didn't see any targets or he'd see two or three a game. Production dropped and everyone forgets about him. But if you get the guy involved, he can play, and he can play at a high level. So uh, I like Crowder in that spot. Right on. Okay, so here, number 14 for me, um, one of the free agent signings that we had this offseason um, going into the trenches here with Sheldon Rankins. Uh, you know, this is another guy that might be a rotation guy, but could surprise and end up, you know, cracking the starting lineup. Uh, I, I'm putting him in this, you know, spot as a healthy, uh, productive individual, you know, with Carl Lawson and uh, Quinnen Williams, you know, helping him rejuvenate um, that, that old Pro Bowl status that he had a few years ago. So Sheldon Rankin's coming in number 14. All right, I'm going with another free agent acquisition on the defensive side of the ball, but I'm going with Jared Davis here. Uh, he's going to make the transition from Detroit to the Jets, former first-round pick. Watch him on film. He looks like he's an excellent blitzer. He wasn't a great player early on in Detroit, 
but he was pretty darn good. Uh, Matt Patricia came to town, put him on the bench, and he uh, didn't get, get didn't see a whole lot of action last season. Now he comes to the Jets, where you figure they'll plug him in at linebacker next to T.J. Mosley, who will play on the inside. And I expect a big season out of him. Uh, Jared Davis is my 13. Okay. So my number 13 going to the offensive line. Uh, I'm sticking with the trenches here. And I'm putting in Greg Van Roten. Uh, just, you know, somebody that's been consistent uh, for us last year. Um, had a little bit of a rocky start, but then really kind of smoothed out and just, you know, came in, did his job. Um, and last year was a very, very difficult year to watch. A lot of moving parts on the offensive line, but uh, there was some consistency with GVR. Um, be interesting to see how this right guard position plays out this year because it looks like there's going to be a little bit of a competition, but I do favor him at the moment to, to win that, that job. All right. Uh, next up for me, number 12, is going to be defensive tackle Foley Fadakasi. He's a guy who, you know, some, some people worry, I worry, that he may not fit this scheme depending on, you know, how often they, they are going to look to go to a run stuffer because I feel like the guys they have inside at the moment, you know, Quinn and Williams, Sheldon Rankins, those guys, they can do they can do a good enough job against the run and pass that you're going to want to have them on the field as much as possible. So I like Fadakasi, but I'm curious to see how things pan out and where they move him. Um, so we've got about 11 or 12 left each, Alex, and about 10 minutes. So we'll uh, we'll try to move it along here. All right, we'll do some lightning rounds here. Um, number 12 for me, uh, somebody you just mentioned, Gerard Davis. Um, I wholeheartedly agree. I think that, um, you know, he may not have been what Detroit was anticipating, but, you know, Detroit – also one of those struggling teams that didn't have a, a great supporting cast. I think with him playing next to hopefully, a, you know, a uh, rejuvenated uh, C.J. Mosley, I think Mosley really wants to go out there and prove a lot of people that he still has what it takes. And I think that Davis is going to be a benefactor of playing next to uh, C.J. Mosley. All right, next up for me, uh, a guy who I think, I mean, really – I've, I've said before, I don't think – I can't remember the last time I watched the Jets draft pick that I felt this good about. And I'm going with Elijah Moore. I think a lot of people, you know, we're talking about him as a, as a slot guy, but I think he's going to play over all over the field. He's going to play in the slot. He's going to play on the outside. Uh, might even see him line up in the backfield from time to time as he did his old Miss. And I'm just – I'm as excited to watch him as any player on this roster this year. Not as excited as A.J. Brown, but, um, yeah, I – Keep saying it. Um, I think we're just going to lead the charge here. Uh, we're all about Elijah Moore over at Jet Nation. Okay, so uh, we're at number 11, um, 10 soon. So for me, this is LaMarcus Joyner. Um, again, you know, this may not be somebody on, a, on another team that, that, that should be inside the top 15, but when you're 2-14 and, and, and you're trying to get, you know, as much talent as you can, it's kind of where you're at. I think his veteranship and his versatility, being able to play in the nickel and play at the safety position um, is very valuable. I think he's going to be uh, an important piece to Robert Sala's defense. So, LaMarcus Joyner coming in at number 11 for me. All right, as we break into the top 10 to move things along, I'm going to go with a block of three, my 10, 9, and 8, Alex. At 10, I've got Marcus May. 9, I've got John Franklin Myers. And eight, I've got Elijah Vera Tucker. 
I do think that he is going to step right in from day one and be a very good player with the opportunity to be absolutely dominant, uh, you know, down the line. So excited to have him join mm-hmm. the roster. John Franklin Myers, of course, was a revelation last season, played at a very high level. And as I said, Marcus May, good player, but probably on his way out the door. So uh, who are your next three, Alex? Okay, so number 10, I fully thought to Kasi. Uh I, I do think that you, you're on to something there with how is this rotation going to work out. Um, if he has, you know, more than 50% of the defensive snaps, um, I think this is going to work out pretty well for him. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, this is a year where he takes a big step. Um, number nine is going to be Connor McGovern, um, our centerpiece of the offensive line. Um, definitely a very, very good player. And I think ABT coming into the mix here is, is only going to make things better. I think last year he just wasn't familiar with some of the guys. Um, and number eight, going in with Mount Beckton here, um, needs to see all 16 games for me this year in order to stay qualified within the top ten. But um, he's a mountain of a man, and uh, w- we love what he does when he's healthy. So uh, my top from 10, 9, and 8, Fatukasi, McGovern, and Mount Beckton. All right, uh, and man, I'll tell you what, when, uh, when, uh, when we're this limited on time, this is flying. So I'm Alex, I'm going to look at my next seven uh, and yep, knock them out, and then i got to run. Um, feel free to yep. stay on and, and break your guys down yep. at a little bit more length. You can hang around for a bit. But uh, top seven, uh, free agent receiver Corey Davis. Uh, I think he's going to be a difference maker, big target down the sideline. Then I'm going Lawson, Rankins, Morgan Moses, who I think changes the whole outlook of his season because, in my mind, he kind of elevates that offensive line from, from pretty darn good to potentially a top-ten unit, depending on how, how he and ABT play. Um, and after that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go C.J. Mosley, show a little faith in the guy. I was really worried about him coming into the season with all the time he's missed, but everything we've heard from everyone at camp says that he looks absolutely fantastic. And then, of course, the top two, which I'm sure ours will match. Well, I'm sure our top three anyway. Um, I'm going with Makai Beckton at two. Um, part of that is ceiling, not just performance. But I think if he uh, puts it all together this year, he will be back to ragdolling people. The only question will be his health. And, of course, number one, Quinnen Williams. Uh, if he's another one. If he stays healthy, I expect him to play at an all-pro level this year, especially with all the help the Jets have brought in on that D-line. So, Alex, I have to take off. Thanks so much for uh, yep. us being able to finally get together for a show. It's been a little while. Yep. And uh, yep. go ahead and finish up your last seven, and then I'll hang up, and you can you can uh, carry on with whatever you want to cover next. Yep. Glenn, thanks for uh, for joining me here in the top ten. Um, you know, mine, I went in with uh, Jameson Crowder at number seven. I had Carl Lawson at number six. I think that might have been the only player we had in the same spot. Um, and then I had Quinn and Williams coming in at five. Big difference between you and I on that one. Ooh. I think just basically be- because of um, he's looked really, really good, but I just think he hasn't hit to that next level yet. So once he does, I think, yes, he'll be in that top two, top three category. Um, I'm going with Corey Davis. I think that he's one of the most talented people on this roster, um, and I just think that you know things just did not spark for him in the Titans, and I'm hoping that it does here in New York. Uh, number three, Morgan Moses, completely agree. This guy is a game changer for our offensive line, um, brings a lot of stability um, to what we have going on here, and, and, and this is exactly what Joe Douglas said he would do. 
um, was, you know, do everything that he can to protect the quarterback. Didn't work out for Sam, but I think, you know, it's going to look a little bit better for Mr. Wilson. Uh, my number two, Marcus May, who's been the theme of the night with the conversation. Um, and that'll, that'll be interesting if he stays or if he goes, uh, you know, might have to adjust that. And number one, um, the guy that uh, I said that is, this is going to be the season that I think where he, you know, writes all the wrongs and all the doubters. And that's C.J. Mosley coming in at number one for me here. I think C.J. is going to look to have, you know, multiple of those games that we saw back in uh, 2019 against Buffalo. So C.J. Mosley, prove me right, and let's have an all-pro year. All right, Alex. Well, I'm going to sign off tonight. Thanks so much. And uh, carry on or close it out, whatever you want to do. Have a good one, bud. All right. Talk to you soon, Glenn. Have a good night, buddy. Okay, folks, uh, a little rapid fire on the uh, Jet Top 20 rankings for tonight. Uh, yeah, Glenn and I were a little bit different. Um, you know, sometimes he and I see the same, you know, or, you know, see are similar with a lot of topics here. Uh, but, you know, this is what makes it fun. Um, you know, when we look at this player, look at these players and we break down the roster and we look at what we've brought in and, and, and what we haven't. Um, brought in and and you know the one thing that I will say that I I feel that he and I um, were close on were the defensive backs. We did not have too many defensive backs into this roster. Um, I had Marcus May, I believe, inside the top ten. I think he may have had him outside. So very interesting. Um, and defense is important, especially at the secondary position. So. You know, still see a lot of people out on social media talking about, um, you know, why haven't the Jets brought in a, a number one cornerback uh, or a lockdown guy? And, uh, you know, maybe Sala just believes that his system is more valuable and he can coach guys up and, and, and elevate players. And maybe he sees that with, you know, Bless Austin and Bryce Hall and, uh, you know, some of the other younger guys that we have in the mix here. Um, you know, who knows if this, you know, Kid Pinnock um, is going to end up, you know, cracking this roster at some point. I, I feel very, very um, good about his, you know, projection. I think that maybe at some point this year he's getting, you know, a decent amount of snaps, and I think by next year he'll be competing for a starting position. So interesting how, you know, didn't have – that many uh, defensive secondary players in this top 20, um, a little bit more loaded up on offense, which probably a little bit different um, for this team um, in their history, being that uh, we've always kind of been a defensive-minded first and then offensive second. Um, Maybe that's why, you know, we don't find ourselves in too many playoff scenarios uh, because we've always focused on one side of the ball too much. and, and, you know, maybe this is a little bit more of a balanced roster. Um, and if Robert Sala can go ahead and, and, and elevate certain players, um, I think that that's really going to work out well for us in the long term. So uh, quite interesting, you know, where his perspective is. And, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get Dylan's, uh, you know, top 20 out there too, because I'm sure his is probably much different than, uh, than what uh, Glenn and I had put out. Um, and, you know, maybe he'll go out and drop it on social media. And speaking of social media, I'd like to take a second here to thank our sponsor, Mile Social. Um, if you are large business, small business, any kind of business, and you're looking to improve 
and expand your companies uh, out to all your customers in the um, in the means of social media. You have to go to Mile Social. Um, they will help you uh, as far as designing your website, managing it. They can increase your search engine optimization, um, and they can also help you with the search engine marketing as well, um, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, you name it. Mile Social can help you on on getting your company to the next platform. You can find them at M-I-L-E-S-O-C-I-A-L.com. Thank you, Mile Social. All right, folks. So as uh, you know, Glenn said, we're going to have a little bit of a shorter show this week. Um, do want to take just a little bit of time here to um, break some news if you, if you haven't um, heard about this already. But it, uh, we in our internal group, Glenn, Dylan, and I, have been talking about, you know, what's going to happen with training camp and, you know, are, are the fans going to be permitted to go? And the Jets went ahead today and they had released their training camp dates and they also stated that fans will be able to join. So um, this is huge. I know a lot of kids like to go to these events and, you know, it gives them the opportunity to see the players up close. So, you know, that's an experience, um, you know, that I never got to experience as a kid. And, you know, mainly because the Jets rolled away out in Long Island and I lived in Jersey. So um, not really going to uh, schlep all the way out there, um, being that, you know, I was just a youngling. And now that the Jets have gone ahead and do that, uh, done this, um, I think it's really, really great for our young fans to go ahead and meet some of the new players um, and new rookies. Uh, kind of get you, give you that football feel. So uh, really excited and happy to hear that the Jets are allowing fans to come uh, see the guys up close and, and, and up front and personal. Uh, I'm trying to look it up here right now to see where what the dates are because I'd like to share the dates with you guys. And, um, you know, as you most of you know, they're all the way down in, in Florham Park. And where are the Jets? Because I know I'll be attending some of these games. I mean, uh, practices. I won't be able to go to all of them, unfortunately, but I will be going out there. Um, I'll probably tweet out the days that I'm going. So, you know, if there's anybody out there that I interact with on Twitter, I'd love to meet you guys up close and personal. Um, You know, that's always fun to finally put, you know, the face to the names that I interact with on on Twitter all the time. Uh, But it looks like uh, July 31st is going to be the first one. There's going to be a, and this is all for, you know, where the fans are allowed to come. August 2nd will be the second practice. Um, The third will be on August 4th. Then they're going to have their infamous green and white practice. That might be the scrimmage that they always talk about. That's going to happen on August 7th. Um, There will be another practice on August 9th, then on the 11th, and then on the back end of the uh, month, you're going to have August 24th and August 25th. So it works out to eight events that the fans will be able to participate in and go see the New York Jets. And, again, I think that's awesome. Um, Last year, you know, dealing with the pandemic kind of hard. Um, You know, people like me who who thrive for this kind of stuff, you know, July and August, getting that football feel, knowing that September is right around the corner and, you know, seeing the guys out there putting in the work, 
and uh, just kind of getting a feel, you know, who's, you know, being that leader, who's making a name for themselves in training camp that might end up doing something, you know, when the season starts out. You know, that's where it all begins. So very excited for that. Um, looking forward to um, going out there and seeing the team and, and, again, meeting some people out there that, um, you know, I've been connecting with. So, all right, folks, I think I'm going to wrap things up here. Um, we did our top 20 tonight. Um, and, you know, like I said, hopefully Dylan can share his soon. I look forward to, you know, all three of us linking up and, and bringing you guys more content. And, um, of course, when I am attending the, those camp practices, um, I'll be sure to, you know, put up a little write-up and, and come on the show and, and give you guys the uh, inside scoop from, from my, my eyes. All right. So for Glenn, Dylan, and myself, everybody, um, thank you for joining us for another episode of Jet Nation Radio. Um, if you haven't already, please go to JetNation.com. Um, you got to hook up with the forums there. We're the number one NFL uh, fan forum site, and that's at JetNation.com. Completely free. You can get articles, videos, and nonstop conversation about the New York Jets. Uh, also want to give a shout-out to uh, our buddy Greenbean. Uh, you can find him on YouTube. He's also on Instagram, always putting out videos in there. So love the stuff that he does as well. Um, and everybody, have a great week. Um, getting a little bit closer toward training camp, which I'm excited about. And uh, just another week closer to, uh, to NFL football. I think the Jets said we are under 10 weeks from week one. So the countdown has begun. Everybody be well, stay safe. And as per usual, let's go Jets. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Jet Nation Radio. Glenn is at AceFan23, and Alex is at NYJetsLife24. Until next time, go Jets.